Science, we have music. Put them together, let's use it. Wait, 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 wait. Let me be the substrate in your ear receptors. And let this not just be one endeavor. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get crunk on the science. Yeah, I pull the lever. And with the music, I just hope you say, dang it, clever, whatever. Bring it, master what matters. All the while, my life is scattered. You surge on it, general. I guess you're David Satcher. And you bet I got you when it comes down to the laughter. And whatever. My name is Ralph from the South, and this is the Scientifically Sound Podcast with your host that does the most, and I'm full off of mac and cheese, if you please. That didn't relate to anything, but welcome to the final episode for this season of Scientifically Sound. I know, aww, but why? Because I gotta take a break sometimes. All of you gotta take a break at one point or another, depending on where you work or depending on what you want to do. If you're just now joining us in this season, welcome, have a seat, get you a drink, enjoy yourself, get prepared and laugh. If you're not in the lab, get prepared for work. If you're not prepared for work, get prepared at home just to do whatever you want to do. This is a podcast that brings two of my loves together, music and science, and the creative forefront of telling a narrative. With this coming out in November, by this time, my brother would have celebrated his birthday and my dad would have celebrated his birthday. So first off, happy birthday to my little brother, Daniel. He's up at Wingate University finishing his studies in environmental biology. Oh, brother. You know what sucks sometimes when your brother's taller than you and he's younger than you? But I love him dearly. I love that he has pursued his own career in STEM because I know I have no idea how to do anything environmental biology-wise. And also... I will say I'm still going to beat you in Smash Brothers every day. Also, I want to send a wonderful happy birthday to my father. To my father, I cherish you every day. One, because I bear your name. And two, you've done so much for me that I can't even count how many times you've pulled me out of things or introduced me to things or just show me how it is to be a man. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the love of music you've driven into me and how to pursue my own stuff. So I'm thankful for you both, Daniel and my dad. Speaking of thanks, everyone, how was the holiday? Did you eat too much mac and cheese like I did? Did someone put raisins in the mac and cheese? Because it's on site if you do that. I don't understand the taste palette, so I can't tell you anything. Um, did everyone get together with their families? Did they able to embrace one another? Even with friends, I know a lot of us, you know, being in grad school or maybe being work in a lab and having to diligently get data over time 
And when it comes time for the holidays, we don't get that special chance to spend time with people we love. And I hope everyone was able to spend time with people they love. I know I'm a prime example of sometimes working on the holiday and not even spending time with people, especially in my first few years of grad school. But now I get it. You know, take that time to spend time with people, whether you had a Friendsgiving, whether if it's, I know some of my friends do a tra- tradition, you know, go on a road trip and get Airbnb and cook together, blast some particular music together, all of which just to revitalize you and get those smarticles running for when December comes around and you need to get those final experiments done before the new year. I'm for sure in that category because I've been doing Western blocks for the longest, I've been keeping myself alive for the longest, and now I get to learn how to do some RNA seek. I'm excited to see what the genome holds for my research. If anyone has any tips on an RNA seq tip, like doing it, analyzing the data, how to format the data into something beautiful, into a figure, let your boy know. You know, I'm out here. I'm trying to be just like you, a wonderful scientist or science lover, you know. Before we get into today's episode, I just got to say, you all and the sound are so entertaining, especially when it comes to me posting different things on Instagram for the page, because you all go ham in your responses for questions. And and I will one day want to just have like a conversation with all of you, whether it's on the podcast or whether it's just on Instagram live, because you all are if y'all are just entertaining just by typing words i know you all are majorly entertaining live and face to face either that or you're deadpan which is also funny to me so i don't know maybe i might do that one day today's episode is going to be a little different it came from you know we already celebrated thanksgiving to give you thanks but also we need to understand that that day needs to be demystified into what it actually was being that we as a people live on land that was already inhabited native americans american indians were already living here way before the english would come over and colonize america and it's in that colonization where many native americans were slaughtered and enslaved during this time and the thing I try to search out a lot of the time are the achievements and the amazement of what a lot of people bring into the STEM world and then specifically Native Americans. So today we're going to focus on an agricultural trend that was the standard amongst Native Americans and particularly that gets popularized or brought about by Iroquois people that shows scientific harmony at its finest. Hope you enjoy. Growing up in the church as a kid is a particularly unique experience. Even more so when your father is one of the musicians. Being in the church allowed my mind to expand, of course spiritually, but also musically. Sure, it goes to say, you know, there were hymns sung by the deacons, And of course, there's the occasional whooping of the pastor when he's reaching the end of his sermon or her end of the sermon or their end of the sermon. But there is one facet 
that I hold near and dear to my heart. And it's a performance done by a mass choir or a worship team. Not just because of what they are singing about, but how they are singing it. Vocal arrangement in the choir can be the be-all, end-all when it comes to the performance of the song. Classically speaking, music-wise, there are three or four parts typically involved in a song's arrangement, depending on what you're about to sing. First, there's soprano, which usually carries the melody. Second, there's alto, which can act as a counter melody to soprano for some color of the song, as well as support for the sopranos. You just don't want the sopranos just being out there. And lastly, the tenor, as well as the bass, the bottom, carrying the foundation of the core powers that be. There are even variations involved with this setup in order to flesh out the melody further, all towards reaching this blessed moment called harmony. It is these parts of harmony that are the basis of many popular boy and girl groups. You know, we have Jackson 5 singing Never Can Say Goodbye to Destiny's Child's Survivor. You have In Vogue breaking it down in My Lovin', Never Gonna Get It, Never Gonna Get It, to the Marcells, Howling in Blue Moon. And for me personally, there is a vocal group out here in Minneapolis that I am able to hear sometimes, many Sundays out of the years, called the Savy Quartet. It features the Dublet family, a trio of sisters and their mother singing together. Ivory Dublet of Savy, the soprano of the group, stopped by to give her thoughts on harmony and vocal arrangement. What did Zero say to Eight? Nice belt! <laughs> I learned that from a four-year-old. It's really great. I use that everywhere I go. So my thoughts on vocal arrangement. Um, okay, this is just my opinion. In my mind, the soprano, um, that melody line, is the most memorable part of memorable part of the song. Um, it's the part that you want to stand out, and then you add the alto to support it and also to enhance it. So it adds like a little bit of flavor to the pot. Then you want to add the tenor that just kind of thickens the stew. It really just like makes it a little more meaty. Then you have that bottom, that bass, um, and it kind of keeps you all together. It's similar to when you do instrumentation, that type of arranging. You have a bass, like an electric bass or an upright bass, and it can keep the beat for you, or it can just add that like bottom to it. This is where we come to an end. Like there's nothing gonna be below us. We're the bottom where where it ends. And then that tenor, maybe that's gonna be a trombone. You're gonna put that on, you know, on top of the bass, and they're gonna enhance each other. One's not gonna try to outdo the other. Um, and then say we're gonna add now. Uh, violin we're gonna put the violin in with it it's kind of an interesting arrangement but put the violin with it and once again it's enhancing well then we have this flute that just kind of pops out you can't miss it you hear it over the top but i mean you would kind of get tired of just hearing this flute just like forever and ever and ever so you add that violin you add that trombone you add that electric bass and then this is like this well-seasoned stew and that's kind of how i think of 
vocal arrangement and choirs or quartets and yeah. Mmm, I want some stew, don't you? Now I'm hungry, but I'll grab some later. As I thought about this idea of harmony, vocal arrangement, and melodies working together, I wanted to know if there was anything similar in the science world. Harmony of this caliber isn't something that remains in music and notation, right? Right! So sticking with the theme of food, and in honor of Native American American Indian Heritage Month, I will discuss the scientific harmony seen within a Native American agricultural trend called Three Sisters. But first, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hello everyone, Ralph from the South here. There's no song of the sound this week, what? Because if I'm gonna talk about Three Sisters, I'm also going to highlight three sisters, women of STEM, who are Native American. I was reading a career feature article in Nature called How to Include Indigenous Researchers and Their Knowledge, and I decided to learn a little bit more about the Native American scientists and their pursuits from back in the day until now. First, we have Otakuye Conroy Ben, who is a member of the Oglala Lakota tribe, and she is an environmental engineering professor at Arizona State University, Tempe, who studies biological effects of polluted water. She also evaluates and has evaluated climate and renewable energy policies and adaptation affecting tribal nations. Next is Johnny J. I love any person that creates a platform and bringing nerds together and people who love STEM. Johnny J is out of Missouri and Choctaw, and she's the founder of a tribe called Geek, which is a multimedia platform which brings all things indigenous, Native American, and STEM to the light. And lastly, we have Deborah McGregor, who is a part of the Anishinaabe people from Whitefish River First Nation in Ontario. She's an associate professor of environmental and urban change, as well as the Canada Research Chair in Indigenous Environmental Justice at York University, focusing in on land conservation. I encourage you all to take a look at all three of the women that I've stated in their stories. They're really interesting. And let's get back to the show. So, three sisters. I first learned about Three Sisters from this book called Lessons About Plants by Dr. Baronda Montgomery at Michigan State. She's one of the few black plant biologists in the nation, mind you. In this book, she discusses major ecological systems in play that influence the bioenvironment of a plant when it comes to growth and sustenance, which she then gives us a turnaround to things to consider in our own personal growth, at least in the scope of academia is concerned, as well as just collaboration in general. It can relate to the setup of your support system or how you align yourself in current growth in order to bring about a better environment for those who come after you. And then she brings up three sisters to discuss the topic of functionality kin versus biological kin. Three Sisters involves planting corn, beans, and squash all together. This is also known as companion planting. 
corn comes first, beans come second, and squash last. And then they all work together in a relationship. This is also known as symbiosis, which means they interact with one another in such a way that is advantageous to others in the relationship. An analogy for this would be whenever you are picking a study group, right? And to those of you who are in finals mode, this might help you maybe, so pay attention. Everyone has a different set of skills that they bring into the group. Some in the study group might bring insight into concepts, so they're like the knowledge bank of the group. Others have note cards set, and organization is their skill set, being that they can put knowledge into visuals or doing different things in order to make other people understand something. And then even there are people who are like the caretakers of the study group. They always got food on them. And all those skills will benefit the other people with skills in order to make an A on that final. I definitely have been all three. In this ideal situation with three sisters, the corn grows its stalk tall and proud, which then allows the beans to use the stalk as a ladder of sorts to climb to higher ground for optimal sunlight. This is better than when beans grow alone due to the fact that they will be closer to the ground and not at a good angle or good height in order to receive a lot of sunlight. While they are climbing the stalk, beans also act as a weight to protect the corn from high winds. Lastly, the squash will then begin to grow and protect the soil for the corn and beans to grow in from predators and environmental factors. It also prevents weeds from shooting up and removing nutrients from each crop. And it also locks moisture in like a good pomade. Let's take it a step further and go into the soil. The beans continue to support the growth of corn and squash by providing nitrogen that will assist crops in further growth in the roots. This majorly helps corn because they have shallow roots and need more nutrients in order to survive. And on top of all this, these plants not only are having a symbiotic relationship with one another, but they're also having a relationship with the fungi and bacteria in their surroundings. Bacterium, such as rhizobium, actually converts free nitrogen that's in the ground into ammonium a nitrogen source that's more usable to the roots of plants versus free nitrogen. And mycorrhizae, also known as fungal root, will intertwine with the roots of plants and improve the uptake of water, minerals, and nutrients like phosphorus in the plants. Now that's a scientific harmony that I can eat. Time for the harvest. Scientifically tasteful. Magnifique. And just like that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thank you so much for taking a listen to Scientifically Sound with me, Ralph from the South. If you want to follow us or catch up with us, you can follow us on Instagram at Scientifically Sound, all one word. We're also on TikTok at Scientifically Sound, all one word as well. We also have a Twitter, which is for the number four, the Sci underscore sound. 
And if you want to email us, whether to give comments, anything, or if you want to send a question or anything like ideas that I should do for the next season, send them to four the number four the scientifically sound at gmail.com. And that's it. I'm gonna go grab some stew and relax because this has been the finale of Scientifically Sound. I can't believe we finally got to this point. Everyone, whoever you are, cherish your sisters, your brothers. They can be biological, they can be functional, they can be outside of your family, inside your family, across the state, across the nation, across the world. Cherish your parents, cherish your entire family for all occasions. This is Ralph from the South signing off. Peace.